0: faithfulness and their generous hearts and so with that in mind we just pray for you to take these offerings and use them to spread the good news and we pray these things in your son's name amen Billy was on his way home uh, from school, and for whatever reason, he decided to f- take the longest, slowest possible way home. Well, actually, there was a really good reason. He knew that that was report card day, and uh, and he knew that this particular school system, they, they had sent the report cards home, and so he knew when he got home, he'd be having a conversation. So he found lots of reasons to get home in a very slow fashion and, but finally the inevitable help came and he came to his yard and slowly headed up the sidewalk and up those steps and then he thought maybe if I can open this door quietly enough dad won't hear it and so he tried to do exactly that and as he's pushing the door closed it creaks and sure enough here he hears his dad's voice come from the living room Billy come in here and it's like, okay, here we go. And so he goes in and sits down, and his dad has this, uh, this look on his face that says, uh, this is not going to be a good conversation. And so his dad's holding the report card, and he says, he looks at Billy and says, Billy, according to this report card, you are in the bottom of your class. Billy thinks for a moment and then says to his dad, Dad, they teach the same thing at both ends. I wish I had thought of that response when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, so I bring that up because we're we're actually walking into uh, Paul, and, and remember here's where we are if you, and if you want to turn in your Bibles, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter five, we're actually spending some time looking at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in corinth and and uh, uh, and in this particular chapter, as we move into chapter five, what's happened is somebody has reported. The, Corinthi- the Corinth church, the Corinthian church, to Paul. Uh, things have gotten so bad there that somebody felt it was necessary to get a hold of Paul and say, Hey, you may not realize what's going on down in Corinth, but you need to hear this because it's falling apart. And, and so he's gotten this information, he's got this report from the church, from someone that the church is imploding. They're falling apart. And, and here's what's uh, uh, at least eye opening about this three years, three years prior to this, this was a healthy church. It was a vibrant church. It was a strong church. They, they had a lot of really good things happening, and in just a three-year period of time, they've gone from being that strong, healthy, vibrant church to the definition of dysfunction. They are falling apart, and, and just that's always that reminder, you know, for, for us individually in our own personal life, uh, for, for us as a church family, you know, uh, if if we're not careful, we we can very quickly disintegrate. And and so Paul, as he's walking through this letter, he's walking them through some of the some of the things that he in the report that he has been told that are, that are actually causing them such destruction. And that's what we've been, we've been walking through. And our, our our purpose and Paul's purpose for writing this letter was was not to uh, you know I just to to make them feel even worse about themselves. His purpose was to get them back on track to help them get back into a healthy state that's really what his heart is and uh, so what we're doing is we're using the captions this series has been called Corinthian captions and we're using the captions that are at the, the top passages to kind of be the spearhead for our conversation during this time and and remember just a reminder those captions weren't in the original letter the in fact, the verses the numbers weren't in the original letter. The chapter, it was a letter. It was written like a letter. But as time went on, as translations were translated, they, for, to help us find things, they put all those things in, including the captions were, which were added. And the, and the caption at the chapter, top of chapter 5, which is what we're going to look at this morning in 1 Corinthians, at least in the NIV, uh, is called Expel the Immoral Brother. <laughs> that's kind of hard, and you're thinking, oh, boy, man, nothing like getting right to it. But but here's the, Paul's concern. We, we've been looking. There's, there are some, there are things that can, not only can cause us to self-destruct, but there are things that in a church can do such damage, and Paul's been walking through some of those things as he writes them. We, we've we seen, well, part part of the, last week we looked at one of the issues uh, that he addresses early on in the letter, and then as uh, chapter 4 last week was, uh, just uh, poor leadership, hypocritical leadership, or a long or a wrong perspective in this church of how they view leadership. Remember, they were they were looking at these different leaders: uh, Paul, Apollos, uh, Peter, uh, Jesus. And rather than listening to what they said, and they were all pointing to this relationship with God, they were dividing up on who was the best leader, and and it was causing and destruction. Uh, so, so leadership has has, and we talked about it. What does good, godly leadership look like? Because wrong leadership can really do harm to a body of believers, or, or really any kind of business or corporation. Uh, I think losing your heart for the loss, for for this world around us, that needs to hear the good news, that can cause destruction in church. I've I've seen church just quietly die away because. They lost perspective of the fact that there was a, a lost world around them, uh, uh, infighting, slander, just you know, just and and all these things are showing up in this church. And so Paul's addressing these things. And this morning, he as he moves into this next session, he's co- he's going to talk to them about another thing that's really causing them a lot of destruction in the church. And and you know this this conversation we're going to have this morning is is uh, it's an important one. But I, I feel like so many times. In the realm of what we're going to talk about, the church just does not do this well uh and and I think we'll we'll see that or or even in families sometimes we don't do this well in families uh and that is this this issue of responding to a, a family member or a church family member that we see heading a direction in their life that we that we know based on what the word of God says is contrary to to God's heart for them to to what he has laid out in his word to what, and, and when God lays things out in his word, it, it, he's never, it's never put out there so that he can be this celestial killjoy. He lays these things out because as our designer and as a God whose heart is for us and loves us, uh, who wants to bless us, he, he lays out, he says, if, if here's the path to take so that you can experience my heart for you, my blessing for you, and if, and if we get off that path, we cause harm to ourselves, and so so Paul's addressing that. And then this particular church, uh, there, there, what has happened is immorality has crept into the church. And he's going to talk about other things as well, but but one of the things that, that has become very noted, and one of the things that were reported to to him was that this immorality has crept into the church. But but as as Paul addresses immorality, which is what the uh, whoever the translators put at the top of the list there. I'm really not sure that's the caption should be there because I don't think that's the big deal. That's the symptom symptom of the problem. The real problem in this church, I think, that Paul's trying to address here is the fact that, and, and the sickness is that there's a lack of care for each other. That they're, they're somehow they've reached this period, this point in their Body life, where they have become so callous towards each other that they can actually know that an individual is heading in a direction that's going to hurt him or hurt her, cause destruction, and just kind of look the other way. And so that's the real issue that Paul's concerned about. and And it can happen in a church. It can happen in families. Uh, and and so he he wants to address that. And, and so in walking through this, he's going to give us. I really think a very healthy perspective of how we do well at caring for each other, especially when it comes to to these these actions where I'm heading down a path that God says, this is going to cause destruction in your life. So he starts off, he says, it's actually been reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of the kind that does not even occur among the pagans. A man has his father's wife. He says, so, so here's the problem. Here's one of the issues that he's found out is they have this individual in this church that's living an immoral life, and, uh, in fact, it gives us a little indication. We're not clear what that means, but basically he, it's either an incest re- situation where he actually is having relations with his mother or his stepmother. We're not sure exactly, but we know. And the, the thing is, he's saying what's, what's remarkable about this is the, the world actually looks at what this church is allowing, and they're saying, gee, money, we don't even do that out here. And, and and so and you do it in there, and so he says, this is an issue, it's hurting your church, it's also hurting your reputation as a church, because the outside world is looking at it and saying, are you kidding me? And worst of, of all, it's, it's hurting the reputation of God. And so he says, here's the problem, and, 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 and then he says, and then add to that, you're, you actually, there's this, somehow this is strange pride you have in the fact that this is going on. And I don't know exactly what he means by that, uh, uh, it, it, some of it could be that the individual himself has this kind of arrogant attitude but they as a church it, it seems to indicate that there's maybe this there's this posture where they where they're bragging about the fact that they are so open-minded or or maybe they're they're miss they're mis uh, 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 designating this as 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 we're we're just really loving towards each other and so we don't address these kind of issues. And, and so they've misdefined love. You know, sometimes we struggle with that. I know as parents, you know what? Well, uh, you know, and, I, and I've had this conversation, I've had this struggle in my own life. You know, we see our kids doing things we know are wrong things. But we, we tell ourselves, and I've had parents, you know, it's just, I, I know I should do something about them, but I just, I just love them too much. Well, God would say, no, the reality is you don't love them enough. Because what you're really saying is, I don't want to deal with the, the grief. You know, I don't want to deal with the attitude. I don't want to deal with the pouting. I don't want to deal with the anger. And uh, so rather than deal with that, I'm going to just let them do their thing. And uh, and we try to say that's because we love them. But really, we're not loving them. We're, in fact, we're, we're go- they're going to face harder issues in the days ahead because of that. And so this church has somehow slipped into this posture where they're not dealing with the situation in this brother's life, and, and, they've, and they somehow convince themselves that it's okay. In fact, not only is it okay, but you're, we're kind of proud about the way that, that we're kind of staying out of this. And so Paul says, that's, that's, really, that's really unhealthy as a church. It's causing destruction. And so, so he says, I need to talk to you about how to address this, this issue. And, uh, and man, this is a conversation that, uh, it, it's a tough one, it is. It's a tough one to think through, but, but I think we need to understand the heart of God when it comes to these kinds of things, because they show whether we really do care for each other or not. It's not about just saying it, it's about showing it. And so he starts walking through he says, and you are proud, shouldn't you have rather been filled with grief? And have put out of your fellowship the man who did this. Now, don't jump ahead of me on this. We're going to walk through this because I'm not sure we always understand, especially the second part of this statement that Paul is saying. So I want to get to that, but but he says our first response when we see someone that we know is heading down a path that, that we know is contrary to the heart of God, not that is contrary to my preferences. See, that's where we get mixed up sometimes as, as fellow believers. It's funny how hard we'll fight for preferences, you know, uh, the kind of music I want, you know, the color on the walls. Uh, it's amazing how how hard we'll fight about those kinds of things, which Really, the, the scriptures don't even address and, and, that, and will totally neglect sometimes the things that the word of God actually does address. It actually says, look, this is something that will cause destruction in your life. And he says, so when we see something in someone's life that falls into that category where God has said, don't do this because it will destroy you. He said our first response, if we really care for each other, is we grieve. We grieve because we know if something doesn't change, there's so much heartache down the road, and so, and so we grieve. And he says that that's the first that's a that's that's an that's an appropriate response to to seeing a family member, a church family member, heading down a path that you know, based on what God has said in His word that you know this is going to, to cause destruction in his life. And then he goes on, he says, you, what you should do is you respond in grief and you put him out of your fellowship. And, and let me tell you, I want to talk through this a little bit because you've got to take Scripture as a whole here, and I think sometimes we really misunderstand this. We're, you know, <clears throat> I, was, I pastored a church uh, years ago, and in the interview before I went to be the pastor of the church, One of the elders of the church, and it should have been a warning sign, and it was going to cause heartache down the road. uh, uh, But one of the the things he said to me is, he made this almost like this badge of honor. honor. He says, "I want you to know that we're a disciplining church." And and what he said that he says, "We are when people sin, we're quick to to put them out of the church." And uh, I got to tell you, that's not. That's not the heart of God. That's not, that's not, and that's not what he's talking about here. What he's saying is, it's really, a, first of all, about intervention. Uh, now, there are, we're going to get to it in a moment, what, well, even what that idea of putting out their fellowship means. But the first is this heart that says, uh, I'm, I'm willing to intervene. I'm willing to step into this situation of this brother or sister in this path and and maybe I share my own story because uh, you know, I've walked that path, brother. I, I know here's what happens and but I'm willing to intervene, I'm willing to do something about it, rather than sit on the sidelines and just watch and wait for the 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 imminent to happen. I'm not gonna do that because I care too much to, to allow that to take place. So so he goes on, he says, so here's, here's how you intervene. He says, what I want you to do, and this is an individual, and we'll get to this in a moment, but part of the, the back story of this, and, and basically as you look at the original language, is this is an individual who, it's not, this is not a, a one-time occurrence, not something where he, you know, he slipped up, he made a bad decision, sinful decision, but this is an individual who actually is in an, it's ongoing. He, ha, he, has, he has moved this direction, and it's, it's kind of this attitude of, I'm heading down this path, and I really don't care what you or God or anyone else says about it. And he says, so so as here's what you do. And, and uh, there's other passages that will tell you that the other conversations come to place. But he says, you come to this point where you hand them over to Satan. And here's a misunderstanding lots of times about what that means and about how God works when it comes to sin. Uh, what he's saying there is, you know, sometimes we we, we view God as... He, he's just he's up there and he is this uh hard-nosed, angry God, and he's just waiting for you and I to slip up. Just just go just one more step, and I will bring the hammer down. But you know how God deal, primarily deals with sin? He backs off. He lays out clearly what is sin, what's right and wrong. He lays out clearly here's what happens if you choose that path. But if we choose that path, what he does is he backs off. He he backs off and allows the sin to run its course. I've seen it happen in my own life. Uh, and, you know, as I had the conversation with this young man this past week, one of the things is we're walking through and he's talking, he's sharing with me his story over the last few years since I've seen him and He's, and he said at one point, he said, in, in the middle of this, I said to God, God, why are you doing to, this to me? And, and I, I stopped him and I says, you do realize that God wasn't doing that to you, right? That you were just, you were just facing the consequences of your decision. Anybody else who made the decision to do those kind of things, that's going to be what happens to them. God is gracious, he, so often he protects us even, but there comes this point where God says, and he's saying to this church, there comes a point where you back away, and, and you allow the consequences, the decision to run their course, why, so you can hurt them? No, he'll go into why in a moment, but he says, so that the sinful nature may be destroyed. Now I want you to understand, read that correctly, because here's how we read it sometimes back away, hand them over Satan, so they'll be destroyed. That's not his heart. So that that thing in their heart that's causing them to chase after something that God has said, this is just going to bring you harm, so that in the process of seeing the consequences of their decision, that somewhere along the line, that'll be destroyed. And they'll say, I don't, I don't want, remember like the prodigal son who he, you know, here he is and he's made all these decisions and the consequences were clear, but now he's found himself in the midst of it. He's throwing the slop out for the pigs and saying, boy, I would like to have what they're having for supper. And he realizes the consequences of his sin say, what am I doing? And and that's what God's talking about there. Uh, Yeah. Oh, almost 50 years ago, now I've, and I've shared parts of my testimony, but that I one night, wintertime, uh, I found myself laying under a bush all night long, hiding from the police. Man, that was good for me. It was that night, actually after, after, after a couple of years of making my own decision, doing what I wanted to do, that I said for myself why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. And change course. That's what God's heart is. And, and so it's, it, he says, you, you need to back away from your protection and, and from assuming, and here's what they're doing, they're actually acting like there's nothing wrong. He says, you can't do that. There's something wrong here and it's going to destroy him. Pull back so that he may understand that harm comes from Walking this path so that hopefully he'll come to the point where he says, Oh, I can't do this anymore. Why am I doing this? And then the result will be his spirit will be saved. And that's not talking about eternal salvation. That's not talking heaven or hell. That's talking about his human spirit. That, that in response to that, he'll make a decision that will turn a corner for him so that he can become this healthy individual again on a path where god can bless them which is exactly what god wants to do that's what we're talking about here and so he's talking this church through what they need to do in response if they really care about each other and they and we're supposed to what they need to do in response he says your boasting's not good not only that he says don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? He says, here's the problem. Not only is this sin impacting him and your callousness towards him and the fact that you don't care about him enough to even get involved, but whether you realize it or not, it's beginning to impact all of you. It's working its way through the body. And that's why you're seeing so much destruction, because that's what sin does. You know, it's really interesting. And some of you know firsthand, it, our sin and you know, I think of that time laying under that bush again. My, I I will tell you, I had this conversation with me, I was in my teens, and I had this conversation with myself a number of times where I said, you know, I'm not hurting anybody but myself, so why, why, why does every, you know, why are my parents worried about, you know, it's not their problem, it's mine. That is a bunch of baloney. Our sin hurts the people that love us, around us, and and impacts them, and and uh, and I was the oldest of four children, so I had brothers and sisters looking at me, and and uh, hopefully looking and saying that guy is so stupid, I will never go down that path. But uh, so that's that's the reality. He says, don't you understand? That's what sin does. It doesn't just impact the person; it, it it impacts everyone involved. It'll impact the whole church. So this is a big deal. Then he gets. It's really interesting because here, and I think he's here's what we do so often, and I think the Corinthian church probably did some of this, too, because he's addressing it. He says, when I, I've written you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral people. And we'll look at, and we grab that verse out, and we say, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I may not, I may not uh, deal with that, you know, with my brother and sister, because I love them, and I don't want to hurt their feelings. But I, when it comes to the world, I let them know where they stand. And, you know, so I, boy, I tell you what, Christians... Some of uh, some of us have that attitude when it comes to Facebook. We're, we're so good at at calling people out. And, and Paul's saying, you know, I, I know I wrote to you, because Paul wrote probably four letters to them. We have two of them. He wrote to me, he said, I know I wrote to you about, he said, I've already warned you. In fact, he had tried to set the stage. He said, let me just tell you, you've got to be careful about about responding to sexual immorality or and he's going to go through another list in a moment just because we we like to grab on to that one but he says i i wrote that to you but don't you understand i wasn't talking look at i i wasn't meaning the people of the world there's where we're good we're really good at calling the world out you ungodly people how can you and he said i want i know not them I wouldn't talk about the people of the world who are immoral or greedy or swindlers or adulterers. In that case, you'd have to leave the world. God's whole heart is that we be in the world and be light and salt in the world and to show the world, the lost world, out there, that he loves them right in the midst of where they are. Now, I'm not talking about the world. I was talking about that you don't associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, a believer, a fellow believer, a Christian. He says, I'm a Christian but is, and and you need to read each of these words this way, ongoing. This is not just, all of us have our moments where we make sinful decisions in regard to these things, probably everyone on the list. He says, but these are individuals who live this, and they don't care, and yet they say, I'm a Christian, but I really don't care what you think or what God thinks about us. I'm going to go this direction. Not to associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an adulterer, or slander, or a drunkard, or a swindler. In fact, with such a man, do not even eat. See, and and even that last phrase we're saying. See, boy, we're just supposed to, we're supposed to uh, uh, shun them. No, we're not supposed to act though like there's nothing to matter with what they're doing. And see, that's what we do. We, we you know, we we just. We know, we know they're making an ungodly decision. We know they're doing something that's so destructive. It's going to hurt them. It's gonna, they're walking a path, and, and yet we don't love them enough to address the issue. We just pretend. We just eat with them and, and pretend that everything is fine, and we know it's not fine. And he says, your problem is you don't care. That's the issue, and that was the issue of this church. It says, what business is of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside the church? And actually, that's—I don't like the translation. It's the really the, what that word means is: What business is of mine to call into question those outside the church? No, I call into question those inside the church, and that's that's the perspective. It's a conversation. In fact, if we go to Matthew eighteen and some of the other passages that address how we respond to each other there's a conversation that goes to place in fact i don't get into the i go in with the benefit of the doubt maybe i misunderstood maybe maybe i didn't understand what's going on here give me give me a reason to understand why you're making these decisions because from my perspective they're going to destroy you so so i ask the question because i care cuz i want you to see God's blessing in your life. You want to see God's blessing in my life. I don't want you to be destroyed. I don't want you to reap the consequences and I don't want to have to pull back. I, you know, I want us to be able to enjoy each other's company and we can't as long as you're choosing this path. That's the heart of what's going on here. And and it's what's destroying this church in Corinth is that they really they don't care enough. So, just kind of a a, a list here. He says, here's some, here's some things. When it comes to church health and personal health, he says, first of all, we should grieve sin. Whether it's my own personal sin, and boy, David is such, young. Know, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, and we've talked about this before. That doesn't mean David had, doesn't have a problem with some severe sins. He did. He made some really ugly, sinful decisions. <clears throat> but I think why God... Recording in his word about that, that with David, that title with David, is because, man, did it break his heart when he realized what he'd done. He grieved his sin. And when we as a church see brothers or sisters who are heading a path, we grieve it. We grieve because we know something doesn't change. This is going to bring so much harm to them. We intervene. We, we care enough to have the conversation, to call into question. Not a, not as a way to to let them have it, make them know how much we we disdain who they are, how embarrassing they are to us. That's not what's going on here. This is because we care about them, and and we're and we're hoping that the response to that is that they do take responsibility and they change their direction, so we can move forward. And you know it's really interesting because uh, sometimes I I find here's here's what maybe I'm just sharing my own heart. So I you know I need to talk to somebody about. And not an opinion, a preference of mine, but, man, I see that their life heading in a direction that I know is contrary to the word of God, and it's going to bring harm. In. And, but i got to work myself up to do that. You ever been that, done that? I kind of got to get myself a little mad, so I can have, otherwise I'm not going to be brave enough to have the conversation, which means I don't care enough. So, so, and so then I work myself up, and then they respond in a godly way, and, but I, now I'm ticked. So I, you know so I so I can't really get over it you know it's like no that was too easy we got to you, you know and that's kind of what happened to this church in fact we I'll just I'll just take you don't go to it so Paul writes the next letter to them and, and he comes back and they actually went to this brother they did what Paul said and you know what he responded in a godly way he 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 said you're right and repented and he, and then he came to him and said you're, I love you, and, and I've changed my ways. And you know what? They said, not enough. You know, we, we're we angry at you now. You made, you embarrassed us. And so he says, and the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient for him. He said, now instead you ought to forgive and com- comfort him. Reaffirm your love that Satan may not outwit us, with us. See, that was always the heart. That was always the heart. And that has to be our heart in our responses to each other that we love each other we actually care we are protecting each other we're looking out for each other we recognize that that there is destruction ahead and and that's why we have those conversations Paul says to this church you got to get healthy in that area you got to care enough for each other to not sit callously by while you see a brother or sister heading down a path that you know ends in destruction but you just really don't care that much that's a sheer way for a church to implode. And that's what he's worried about. And let me, let me address to you, in case you're here and, and you don't have this relationship with God, I hope you heard his heart in this conversation. In fact, first of all, he, he's told us, this isn't really, this is within the church. It's not even about you. But here's his heart for you. He loves you, and he wants you to be in a relationship with you. In fact, he has already provided what's necessary for you to be forgiven of your sins, and that's talking past, present, and future. He wants so badly to be in a relationship with you that he's ready to forgive it all and adopt you as his child so he can protect you, so that he can watch out for you, so that he can spend forever with you. And so his heart for you, and the message he wants you to hear this morning is, I love you. Will you accept my forgiveness? so that we can become family so if you've never made that decision then this would be a good day to do it and 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 let me tell you that I hope we will be the kind of church if God keeps you in this church body that we are the kind of church that we care for you enough we love you enough to help protect you from even the things that we know will cause destruction in your life so that's who we want to be. That's, that's what God's talking to. That's his heart for us. Is he loves us and he wants to bless us. Let's pray. Father, uh, this, these, are, these are such important discussions. And, and really, this, this passage, today was a tough one. I, I honestly, as I moved into this and working my way through it, and, and you, there was so much prayer. Because we get this so wrong sometimes. We don't we don't have that passion that that caring that sensitivity that love for each other that we're supposed to have that cause us to respond to these decisions and they're sinful decisions and they're harmful decisions but we have to respond because we care because we love because we're trying to protect that's what you do and so we, and so we do this so wrong sometimes as in in families and in church families and so I, I pray that you've you've help decipher as we've looked through this together and even as i've talked through it that you know the things that that i may not have gotten clear enough that you you've helped us decipher it that through this whole conversation this morning we've seen your heart for each one of us a heart that desires to bless us to care for us to to lavish on us your pleasure your grace and that we will respond to that heart and and the result will be lord we'll we'll not ever stay on a path that leads us away from that heart for very long because we know what it's like to be in your blessing and your pleasure. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for your word and for the things you teach us. Now, Lord, help us to go out into that lost world and clearly, brightly shine your light, shine your love to everyone we come in contact with. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: is jealous for me. again he is jealous have a great week. Thanks so much for worshiping with us.